You're listening to Roadie, the Billy and Ben podcast. Wow, what an interesting conversation. And well, you know real. this is meant to be a comedy podcast, Billy. I think the comedy came in when you said we have mid-range near cars. That was pretty funny. I, th- I think <laughs> this podcast is only going to be about three minutes long. The podcast is called Roadie, Bill and Ben podcast. I like it. So it's meant to be like we're on the road onto one of our shoots, which we're not on. Okay. So we're driving. Yeah, but we're obviously not driving. No, but we're on the road. So that's what you're saying. That's what it means. Podcasts. On yeah, the road. roadie, roadie. I like it. Okay, do you want to do an intro? Welcome to roadie. Okay, all our listeners, welcome to roadie, our podcast, and it's all about us being on the road, heading to a location to work and film, and we have uh, discussions about uh, certain things, certain topics uh, that just come off the top of our heads. So it being eight o'clock in the morning, I uh, we're headed to a, a a job this morning. And um, what Hang topic? On. Can are we, we lying? To, are we lying to our audience already, Billy? I well, I don't want to say it's a little bit of a white lie, but uh, we just need to keep them entertained. Yeah, but they're all sitting at home, and they're like, "Why are you mother is going to a job?" Oh, that's right. That would be because of uh, the coronavirus. So, yes, okay. Well, let's say we're just uh, going to do a little drama here. And let's say uh, we're just sitting at home right now um, and we're talking on the you phone. You want to hear and... some drama? Yes. Do you know how much this podcast has cost me to produce, Billy? No, I, no, tell me. I didn't. I thought it was costing you like chicken change. Well, today I bought this software to get this thing to work. It cost me $64.90 US dollars. Okay, that's how much this episode's cost. Which, if I look at my notes, it's about $113 Australian, 56 cents. So just think of the people listening. Um, They better get some value. Value we're going to give them. I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, that's really a a big budget for just today. Uh, But I I think it'll be worth it. I think they're going to get a real, they're going to hear a lot of good stuff. Well, they're waiting. It's all on you, Billy. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just along for the ride. Uh, that's great. But you, you, you got to be in there to throw me some uh, um, your handballs. You know, you got to, you, you got to keep me going. So let's do a wrap up from the last shoot. That sounds great. What happened last shoot? Well, <clears throat> the last shoot was a book launch for one of our clients. And Billy was uh, taking on a bit more responsibility as the producer. And we were doing some interviews with people. And I love, I love watching the behind-the-scenes footage where, you know, you've got the microphone out to them. And then when you go to speak, you put the microphone back to you. You're off camera and we can't see you. And I just thought that that was, I thought that was funny. Because you can't <laughs> help not get involved. 
I know I'm a bit of a showman. It's not about me. I try to make it about the people uh, around me most of the time. But sometimes I kind of lose track of what I'm doing. And uh, it was sort of like a natural thing that I would take the microphone. And uh, they didn't really want to hear me. I thought it was more about what what they were going to say. Well, it is a natural thing. Anyone else doing that would naturally, when they're talking, hold the microphone up to their mouth. Because that's what you do, right? Like if you're doing a speech or something at a at a at a a big birthday or something, and they got a PA. <laughs> it's called, it's a natural thing. That's that it's natural. You, it shows, you. It shows but, you you're being natural. Yeah. But in this context, it made you look like um, you know, like you were trying to make it about you. Oh, so it came off like that, but I really was uh mistakenly uh making an error because i you know i i use a microphone a lot because i sing and um i uh write songs and i sing a lot so i'm used to putting the microphone to my you're just trying to do your job you're just trying to give me the best audio that you can yeah i know and and that was a mistake that i made uh but basically i did hand the mic off to uh the people when they started talking yeah yes that was okay. And you told them many times at the start to put the question in the answer. And then you began to tell them how to answer the question, which was quite impressive. Oh, that was a good thing. So I got a point there. Well, I don't know if it was a good thing because they're looking at you like, who the hell is this guy? And why is he telling me what to say on this video? I know sometimes you have to like shock people so that they don't really know where they are so that you that you you have the upper hand so you have to come at them like a certain way and, and sort of startle them so that they have to think about what this guy just said and who is this guy you know and and it, it sort of catches them off guard but some of the things that I say to them it is relative but it probably doesn't make any sense <laughs> I just have a roundabout way of doing it but it's to get their attention the best way I can yeah. yeah. It may seem a bit awkward, but it's best to keep people off. Well, maybe it's it makes them feel good because they're like, this guy's awkward. I'm not going to be as awkward as him or something. Yes. I think I think when I first appear in their faces, they they can they can see that I'm comfortable in my surroundings and that I know what I'm doing and I'm going to take charge. And and I, I, I they know I know what I'm doing, so therefore they feel comfortable. And I just go at it off the cuff, and I try to do my best. I don't want to think that I'm going to fail, so I just try to do the best I can and be natural at that moment, you know. And it really depends on a person's personality, how they first accept me and they look at me and they say, well, what is who is this guy and why is he even here? Oh, he's got a microphone, you know, and I tell him, hey, is it okay if we do an interview? And most of the time they want to be on camera and I have the confidence to, to, to want them to do well. The first look I give him is like, hey, we want you to do well in this interview because it is very important. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're sort of, you're gunning for them to do well, is that the right word? I'm gunning for them to do well, and and when you're doing any kind of performance in front of a camera, 
or stage or anywhere, people always want to see you do well. They don't. They want to see a show. They don't want to see you fail, because human, you know, humanly, it's like I want you to do good. You know, Why? if you, sh- because that's just that's just human human nature. People. There's will a reason tell you though that because people want to see a show. They want to see good. They want to be entertained. It's not just entertainment, though. They're putting themselves in you. Yeah. But when I look at them and the, the way I approach them, they feel confident that they're going to win. Yeah, because you give you that know? to people, whether yes. it's right or wrong. Yes, we're a team. We go. We do things together. And basically, if I fail, you fail. And we neither one of us are going to drink from the golden cup if we don't perform. So sometimes I do get people that don't want to, uh, they don't want to do it. They're like, they're kind of like, oh, I don't want to be on the camera. So I just automatically say, hey, look, no worries. And I walk away. And it doesn't, it makes them feel a little weird, awkward, because they thought, well, I shouldn't have really done that because I could have done it. You know, yes. and. And because I walk away and say, hey, look, don't worry about it. You know, if you don't feel good about doing it, hey, you know, because I've done a few interviews and I've approached a person the first time and they go, oh, no, no, no. Then later on, they kind of hover around and I see him again and I might walk up to him again. And they're more, you know, open because they figure, well, you know what, maybe I should go ahead and do it. It wasn't such a bad thing, you know, so. Yeah, they but, get a bit of confidence. They go, I can do this. I want to do this. Yeah, they do, and and I think I, I had a lot. I've I've had a lot, quite a lot of training in the industry. Like, and I used to watch people do interviews um, in 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 the television industry in uh, Los Angeles and Hollywood. And mm-hmm. all I would do was I watch what they did, and all I do is mimic or you know do exactly what they do and copy them, and I could see how it worked. And why it worked. Um, I was on a show once, and I was I was meant to be on the show and be a uh, person that was going to interview people. And the guy grabbed me, and he says, "Hey, man, you're going to be you're going to interview these people." And I I got ready to interview him, and I froze. I don't know why, but I froze. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, "Okay, we'll get somebody else," and they got someone else. So after that, I think I really changed. My you missed the opportunity. Yes. So you think about that every time when you're when you're talking to those people and you're just like that's in in the back of your mind. Yeah, because I really froze. I failed, and I thought to myself, if I ever get an opportunity again, and opportunity presents itself, it's happened a couple of times with me. And you know, I had a different attitude back then. You know, when I was younger, I was I was around twenty three, twenty four years old. And I had to, I had to realize, hey man, you're only hurting yourself if you don't step up. So I mm. realized, hey, if I ever get a chance, and I will never ever do that again. I will always be ready, fly off the cuff, say something. It's better than saying nothing at all, uh, even if it's bullshit. You know, uh, you can actually throw bullshit, and people will believe it as long as it's it's consistent and it's believable. Well, that's, I think that's one of my favorite things about you, Bill. If I ask you a question, you don't have an answer. 
You'll just make it up then and there for me. Confident yeah. as anything, this is what it is. Yes. And sometimes I fudge a bit because fudging, you're really telling a true story, but you maybe make it a little bigger than it is to like, I think I told you that I was out playing my guitar one night at a, at a grocery store and it was mm -hmm. five o'clock in the morning and the guy came out of nowhere and handed me a hundred dollars. Well, he mm -hmm. didn't really hand me a hundred dollars. He gave me $50, mm -hmm. but I said it was a hundred to make myself feel better, to make other people think, wow, a hundred dollars, why not $20? But it was really 50 bucks. But when I tell the story, I said it was a hundred because a hundred is bigger than 50, right? So it's so, a bit of, it's not lying, it's creative license. If that's a, if that's a phrase or a, a definition, yes. Poetic license. It is. You, you have to fake it. What's that, it's, Janet? What's that, Janet Jackson? Didn't she have something poetic? Something. Poetic, yes. Poetic justice. It was a poetic uh, justice. Yes, which I worked on that movie. Actually, what was that about? Was that a sequel to um, Mind Games or whatever it was called with Michelle Pfeiffer? What was that film called? Oh no, Dangerous Minds. With Coolio. No, that's that. This was about Dangerous about, Minds. Yeah. As I walk mind. through the shadow of the Valley of Death, I look around. Yeah, that was a classic. The video's a classic. It still rates as one of the top videos ever played. That video, I think it's it ranks number two. What? What does he mean when he says, "I I really hate to trip, but I've got a lope." Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What, I can't. What does that I, mean? I I'd have to probably look at the video again, and 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 and, and that's an oldie, man. Because we come from different worlds, you and I, Billy. Yeah, but that is that's true. Um, but it's kind of yeah, they hit yeah, drastically different worlds. I must say, yeah, you'd have to. I agree with you on that. But how much different do you think it is? Well, closer than most Australians, really, because you understand the the Jewish experience to some yes. extent more than I'd, you know. Yeah, I was uh, pretty lucky uh, that uh, I moved out of the ghetto because I got a job at a grocery store and I was able to help my mother pay the rent. My dad was always coming around, dropping money on us uh, every now and then, but. Uh, I ended up moving into a Jewish neighborhood in L.A., and I went to a Jewish school from uh, year nine. I learned a lot, man, from the Jewish cultures and the people. They really, I mean, they just, we were, you know, black people and Jewish people sort of like suffered the same sort of consequences and all that, you know, whatever went down. So, you know, like in Hollywood, if people didn't even notice, really kind of notice it's that it was like the Jewish and the black people have really thrived, you know, by working together. I always wanted to be a part of the movie industry from uh, the age of seven years old. Um, they came into my community to film in the projects and I would just sit there all day long and watch them film. And uh, as I got older and I and I and I took a job. On the movie sets, I remember going back right back into my neighborhood again and being there filming this time. And it was like ironic, you know, but I used to sit and look at the projects right across the street from where I was working. 
and I realized, hey, man, you're there. You're where you want to be, you know, so. Must be a good feeling. It is. And that's why I basically stayed with uh, filming and cameras and, you know, uh, that's why I like working with you filming. It's 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 a, it's a good experience. Well, I uh, I like working with you, Billy, and I work with you more than I probably should because I like <laughs> you. Yeah, cool, cool. And yeah, your personality was... has got you as as times as it's got you in trouble with me. It's also been like. You know, I, I need this guy here. I need Billy. It's a learning experience. And I think a lot of times you, as human beings, you almost have to step back and look at yourself and, 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 and grade yourself and ask you to tell yourself, hey, what can I do to better myself? And if you don't have an ego, you can you can stop and you can, you know, figure that out and then come back and make things well, as long as you're able to stop and analyze and say, well, you know, three days ago I said this and I shouldn't have said that, and maybe I should have either apologized or the next time I'm in a situation like that, handle it differently. And that's, I think that's the key to life, you know. You, you have to you have to evolve. I get a bit about, of an ego sometimes. And how about opinionation? I'm very you know. opinionated. And if you don't know that, it's probably I just try and hide it. I might try and hide it from you. Uh, oh. I think that you can't deal with it. Oh, really? I'm finding out something about you right now today. Really? I want to hear this. About this, like, I don't, I don't see things. You don't, you don't really show me you know that's You know that saying, he doesn't suffer fools lightly? Yeah. Do you know that saying? <laughs> I, I suffer think I... fools. What? I suffer fools. Okay, could you break that down for me? In layman's terms? <clears throat> well, some people, they don't want to do it. They go, this guy's a dickhead. I'm not going to listen to him. But if you look through the foolishness long enough, you might get some wisdom. And also, if these fools like make me laugh, I will go out of my way to spend time with them. Even if it's not in my best interest. Uh, I like that. Oh, I got it. Got it. Yeah. Makes sense. Now I got it. Mm. Yeah. No, that's that's a good philosophy because we all can learn. Um, right now. You've seen me do it. When I talk to some clients and you're like, oh, I know he ain't got time for nobody and he's not interested in this Anything this woman's saying to him, I can tell now. He's just waiting to get out. <laughs> I've noticed that about you, but I think I think over the last maybe like last the last year or so, year and a half, two years, I think I can see that now. Where you do you do settle a little bit, you know, and you do listen to people, and but I just know that most of the time you don't have time, and I like people like that because it cuts everything short. You know, um, it's like, give me the facts. I just want the facts, ma'am. That's it. I don't want to hear about any other, you know, crap because it's probably a waste of time, you know. Um, and I think that's a good way to fly. But sometimes you do have to sit back and allow people to express themselves. I think they get, they have a lot, they have a lot more respect for you when you do that. Even if you sit and listen, like you said, you probably don't give a shit. 
you probably, but you got to spend that time to let people tell you about what's like on their mind. Sometimes we'll have a conversation and say that conversation's going for like 10 minutes. I'm not even listening for the first two minutes because I know that you're just getting started and you're getting this stuff out of your system and, and whatever. I'm like, I'll tune in about three and a half minutes. He'll get to the point. Right. Is that just me or everybody? Well, I think I can't think of any other examples, but I imagine okay. it's not, you're not the only one. Oh, so you say this is sort of like anything with anybody that you first start talking to and they start talking to you so you don't tune in until later. It depends. It depends what a, you know, it depends the situation. Okay. But because I know you, Billy, I know that you, you know, you like to start with a bit of overture. Yes. Overture, curtain, lights. Na, 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 na. Get on with the show. This is it. You know what? You got me pegged perfectly. And I'm not ashamed of that because it's a part of my uh, life. It's it's where I come from. It's what I've been through. Um, uh, and I really, you're that, an entertainer. Uh, from day one, I was. I was, what, 11, maybe 11 years old? And I told you that I used to uh, live with uh, Lee Strasberg, the, act, the, yeah. the uh, acting, t the man, the man. Yes. I actually lived in his house, and I didn't know exactly who, I knew who he was, but I didn't really realize what he meant, you know. And he would say things to me, and it'd be like, like two or three liners, and he'd say things to me that would, would affect me. You know, like he said to me that when you're here in reality, you're actually on stage. So you need to act and react to everything that's around you as if you're in a movie or you're on stage. So to me, shit can be happening around me and it could be dangerous shit or it could be shit that's going on. And I can absolutely look at it like it's a movie and I'll think, what do I do? How do I react? And I just react as he used to tell me to do. Now, he'd be sitting there cutting his fish, gutting those, probably those fishes you're talking about. And I'd sit there, and, I'd, and, I, and I would listen to shit that he would say, and I had no idea what he meant. Now, to me, that was, like, very, very good for me because it, it, it sunk in because I had to sit there when he talked, you know. And, you were a captive um, audience. But the things that he would say to me was like, whoa. You know, he says, okay, he said one day, like, okay, you're sitting in a bar and you look at a girl and you look at her and you say something to her. She doesn't say anything to you back and you keep talking to her. You know what? The best thing for you to do is not say a word to her and you don't say anything. You don't have to do the talking. Why would you do the talking? Let her do the talking. And he said, hmm. you have three girls, right? All three women have the same qualities, none better than the worst. And they're all the same question which one do you take answer mm. he said the one that wants you so uh, okay you know what i mean so that always stuck with me like if i'm with the, if i see a girl the girl really wants me i know and she shows me that she wants me then that's the one i'm going to be with you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it's it's not the thing where you have to go out and you have to 
prove yourself or chase a woman. And he taught me that, you know. So it, to me, you know, having that privilege of being around somebody like that, that was a real deal. Uh, I'm just like, why was why was I there? And why did I want to be in the movies? And why do, do I, you know, why do I love film and all that? And it was and it was like there the whole time, you know, and I felt privileged to be, you know, in, in contact with this guy. You know, after all these years, and I think, oh shit! And I think I hear him mentioned. You know, I saw him in The Godfather, and he's really big time. You talk Marlon Brando, Marilyn Monroe, all these guys, man, all these actors, and he was a creator, one of the creators of method acting. And his wife was, I think, Russian, Anna. Her name's Anna Strasberg. He's got two. He had two kids, and I remember hanging out with Adam because he was the older one of the two kids. And um, but yeah, when you say that to me about yeah, well, you know, you got this theatrical thing about you. Yes, I do. And I, I don't know. I just nothing like people sometimes don't really appeal to it, you know. So, well, that's the 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 difference with me is that I'm attracted to all these people that are very much like uh, have this charisma because I the feel animation. Kind of like I want I want to be entertained and. These, you know, this 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 is a this person's fun. They're going to entertain me. Yeah, but you're quite the entertainer too. Believe it or not, don't well, try to hide. I have my moments. I have my moments, Billy. I'm one of the worst actors in history. We had this reviewers sketch called the reviewers movie reviews, and he said you're doing too much with your eyebrows. <laughs> and I think. You know, subconsciously yeah. I thought, oh yeah, I've got it. acting. I'll, you know, Excuse I'll do this. <laughs> Excuse me for laughing. Here we go. <laughs> so I was really a uh, terrible actor. Yeah. The less because... I do, is better. <laughs> but when I tried to reach, you know, when I tried to be like a. Uh, Pacino or something, you know. That's harder than it looks, that stuff. All right, we'll talk next week. We'll talk about Brian's hair. What is the secret to Brian's hair? Jesus. (laughs) I would like to know, is is it a hair tonic? There's something going on there. There is something going on there. Man, he's got some good hair there. He I does, get him doesn't to cut he? Cut some off and give it to me. <laughs> he doesn't need. He doesn't need all of he's, it. He's implanted some of yours. Yeah, <laughs> and I've got this yeah. grey hair. Oh shit! And I start talking like Brian. He's a dickhead. I know. Dickhead. <laughs> all right, Billy. All right, chat signing off. Okay, bye. Good day. Bye.